Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, January 10th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. And joining me, we got Tim. Motherfucking Gettys. What's Tim, how's up, going? bitches? Yo, closing out a big week of first here. This is the first yeah, time man. you in the hosting chair, me over here. Yeah. You do it all five days of Games Daily. I saw that. Uh, I, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot the name of the person that did the uh, the big kind of funny Games Daily stat post oh, yeah. from, from yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's on Reddit. Yep. Um, I was reading through that last night. I always love looking at that. You had nine shows on you, but this is number 10, man. Yeah, dude. It feels it feels crazy to yeah, be on this it. show this long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's exciting exciting stuff how yes, you doing today is. i'm doing fantastic there's one minor thing that i want to talk about that's not games related really um, that's going on in my life and it's it's a little nasty but i need you all to oh, oh no to know, you need to know this. so that oh, you can no. all be, be understand and my, my pains right now right all right I, let's just give him this we're I'm, all friends here you know? i'm going into it's not that type of nasty okay. it's not that okay. trust me okay. like this is some okay. weird weird stuff um, I, I have to do eye surgery in a couple weeks to, to fix the problem that's been going on with my eyes since, since about June. So, so you got to We all remember. I'm going to miss the glasses. No. No? Okay. No, you're not. No, you're <laughs> I, not. I like them. No. No. I think they work. They're your thing. They're Greg's thing. They can't be my thing, too. So here's the problem. I have to do this pre-operation. I have to do these eye drops uh, every four mm. hours um, that I'm awake for like two weeks. It's, it's ridiculous. But something they don't tell you about eye drops is that your eyes are connected to your nasal. Your nasal's connected to your mouth and throat. Oh. So I taste it right now. Oh. And it tastes like someone took hairspray and just sprayed it into Jeez. my mouth. That, it doesn't taste edible. Anyways, what's up? Kind of funny games daily. Tasting, th- tasting things through your eyes. Yeah, man. That's where I'm at this Dude, beautiful Friday, January What's the life 10th. that Tim lives? Can know? I tell you something that happened to me the other day? Yes, you can. Uh, so after a full day of work here, mm-hmm. went to my car, uh, saw that... The side of my car had been scraped because no. I parked on this on the street here. And I was like, I was like looking at it. I was like touching. It. I was like, I can't believe somebody scraped my car. And I was like, whatever, man. I go to open my front door. Somebody sitting in my seat. Somebody sitting in my car. And then I looked and I realized it wasn't my car. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to San Francisco, man. The amount of times that happens. I was very confused for a good ten <laughs> seconds because I was like, I went from being pissed at somebody uh, of somebody scraping my car to then like being scared that somebody yeah. else is sitting in my front seat to then realizing like, oh no, this is just the same type of car I own. This isn't actually my car. Oh, and I almost oh, opened oh, the door and it was it was a lady and it almost turned into that one joke that Nick tells at every single stand up like yeah. yeah like who should be more scared her or me? It's so funny. Man. Yeah, dude. I love it. Uh, of course, today's stories include Xbox not launching with exclusives, the Dice Awards, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday right here at 10 a.m. live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch us live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily to be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free real quick just mm-hmm. uh, to cut you off here i went into the iran katie coming through quick with the cable is the person on reddit who oh, did the awesome yep, there you go. shout, shout out. out to cable thank you so much uh now it's time for some housekeeping thank you to our patreon producers blackjack and muhammad muhammad today we're brought to you by mint mobile but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. You did it to Kevin, so I'm going to do it to Barry. Once he runs out, when you have to take that second breath. I just want to see how long. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A big cast! 
does Starting with some Xbox news. Xbox Series X is number one. Exclusive games from Xbox Game Studios will start launching, will start coming one year after launch. This comes from Francesco DeMio over at WCCF Tech. The Xbox Series X is releasing later this year, but it seems like it will take longer to see next-gen exclusive titles from Xbox Game Studios. Speaking with MC5, or MCV, Xbox Game Studios ahead, Matt Booty, confirmed that all games coming from the studios over this year and next will be uh, cross-gen titles. This will allow those who invest in an Xbox console between now and the Xbox Series X release to feel like they have made a good investment. Quote, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel that they've made a good investment and that we're, that we're committed to them uh, with content, end quote. While there won't be Xbox Series X exclusive games at launch, Microsoft will still make sure to showcase the console's power and features with select franchises like Halo. Quote, our approach is to pick one or two IP that we're going to focus on and make sure that they're that they're there at launch of the console taking advantage of all the features and for us that's going to be halo infinite which is a big opportunity it's the first time in over 15 years that we'll have a halo halo title halo title launching in sync with a new console and that team is definitely going to be doing uh doing things to take advantage of series x end quote the xbox series x launches later this year worldwide tim so they've already kind of announced this. Uh, I mean, I even feel like they announced this before they even really officially announced Series X mm-hmm. uh, back at E3 two, three years ago uh, when they were talking about the, the future of Xbox. They're talking about the, the Xbox ecosystem and how they were really focusing on everything being able to be played, the play anywhere thing, right? Whether it's PC or an Xbox platform. Yeah. Uh, things change, obviously, as, as years go on and as the, the industry kind of um, advances and shifts. But I am not surprised by this. I, I don't think that it's that dire of a situation as I feel like some people want to twist this into being of like, why would I want to get the new Xbox if my mm-hmm. old one already plays it? The answer is clear. People want the new shiny thing. Yeah. And the new shiny thing is going to be showing off the crown jewel of the Xbox ecosystem, Halo, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the best way we've ever we've seen yet. I think that this is indicative of what we're kind of going to be getting next generation. When a console generation happens, there's, there's you know, the law of diminishing returns at some point where the features that you're getting out of it are not going to be apparent just straight up looking at the game. It's going to be more loading. You know, it's going to be more quality of life. It's going to mm-hmm. be more just kind of the, the the subtle, like the lighting and ray tracing and all all the, the the fun stuff, right? Yeah. But that stuff that I don't think is going to be, you know, look at this screenshot versus this screenshot of Mario 64 versus Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, versus Mario Odyssey. And you're able to be like, oh, I see the difference, right? Yeah. I think for me, this is indicative of Microsoft not necessarily want to, wanting to compete with PlayStation as head on as they have for years. You know, for the last few console generations, I think this is interesting because, like, if you look at this th- through the lens of Xbox versus PlayStation, this feels like a very weird move, right? Because PlayStation Five, they're going to launch with, I imagine, with an exclusive title for you, right? Or at least in the first couple of years, there are going to be exclusive titles for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like we're predicting games like Horizon Zero Dawn two or Spider Man two, right? Like we'll we will likely see PlayStation exclusives that come out for PS Five that won't be out for PS Four. They can only play on PS Five, and those will be the exclusives that sell that console. Whereas Xbox not not doing that feels weird but i think 
given like all the conversations we've had this week across KOGD and PS I Love You XOXO, I feel like the more you look at Xbox's or Microsoft's strategy going into Xbox Series X, I feel like it's more it's becoming more and more proven that their strategy is less so, hey, Xbox Xbox going forward is going to be this box and it's more so Xbox going forward is a brand. It's an ecosystem, right? And they're doing whatever they can to get you into that ecosystem without necessarily worrying about selling Xbox Series X specifically. Xbox Series X is coming out as a part of that brand and it's going to be an the incentive. Fe- an incentive, yeah. You know, it's it's something they want to come out and be like, we have the most powerful console if you want to be able to play your third-party games or these awesome first-party titles. Mm-hmm. Or if you're just interested, that's what Game Pass is for. And I feel like that that is when we talk about the Xbox ecosystem, we're talking about Game Pass. We're talking about xCloud. And they've been building those those the foundation for, for this for the last couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And they just want you to play Halo. They don't care yeah. where you play like, Halo. If you play, and, and you know this is far thinking, or maybe not too far thinking, but like, you know, Xbox on Switch. Right, mm-hmm. that is the thing that you know. There's a chance that that could happen in the future. I and guarantee you, the conversations have happened. Yeah, where they're at with that conversation, where the technical feasibility of it, mm-hmm. Nintendo's uh, resistance to it or acceptance of it, like we don't know. There's yeah. so much up in the air there, but I guarantee those conversations have at least started. Yeah, and I mean something that's already happened, right? Xbox on PC. I don't think Microsoft cares if you're playing Halo on PC or Halo on Xbox. Because if long you're as paying, paying for Halo. a subscription service, and if mm-hmm. they get you, and they keep enticing you and giving you more and more reasons to to stay there, and the best reason to want to stay there is investing in this expensive box that you mm-hmm. have that you want to stay in, right? Yeah. So that's why I think it's important that they still come out with this system because it can't just be a subscription service or else you don't feel loyalty to that in the same way that you would this giant investment. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the only reason I, I see this as weird is because I feel like for... I feel like they could get away with you know, launching Halo Infinite and launching Xbox exclusives not on the Xbox One, and nobody would complain. Nobody oh, would dude, really not blink they, an eye. Could they get away with it? Like that would just be normal. Like yeah. that would just be be you know totally understood. But guess what? This means way more of a player base, way more mm-hmm. like day one community, and that's what they're trying to go for. The, a key pillar of Halo is multiplayer, and the multiplayer mm. community built around it. And I feel like they have struggled to um, really own that since some of the earlier Halo titles, like. I don't know that we'll ever be able to rekindle the magic of Halo 2 online, but I think that was just because it was such an early online console game. Mm-hmm. But I think that things have changed so much with Call of Duty, with you know even Grand Theft Auto Online, with how online has changed, Destiny, all these like always online games, right? Mm-hmm. That Halo can come back and take its place as king of the, that type of shooter, right? Yeah. And you want the most people playing it as possible. Mm-hmm. There's downsides to this. This means that uh, in the same way that when a game comes out multi-plat for Xbox and PlayStation, it's not going to have the same level of detail and care as an exclusive because exclusives are being built from the ground up for this one single console. So the bugs only need to be tested in one vertical, not two, three, four verticals. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are entering a world where even within yeah. one system we're going to have that issue but games have been moving more and more towards being towards being made as PC games and mm-hmm. also um the systems are yeah, being the more, boxes and more, are more and more like alike. PCs yeah that's interesting but yeah this i i think this is a this is going to be a 
good move. I'm gonna say going forward, like for them establishing what they want Xbox to be, I think this is gonna be this is a good move uh, in terms of messaging that and really actually committing to that, mm-hmm. right? Because they could be all about the talk and not about the walk, and they could say that like, yeah, we want Xbox to be a brand, we want Xbox to be an ecosystem, but they could still be like, okay, but Xbox Series X isn't necessarily going to be uh, tied to Xbox One in the way that it looks like they are tying everything together to kind of play with each other uh, and be more, I guess, more of a family of consoles than you know, the Xbox One family, the serious family. We had an amazing family. moment yesterday. Uh, we were d- playing uh, Spider-Man, and I was trying to get my first platinum trophy. You can watch mm-hmm. the video, youtube.com slash games right now. But we were on Twitch, and as we were playing it, you were blown away. Like, oh, yeah. You can see in the video, you're like, oh, my God, this looks incredible. I didn't know this game could look this good mm-hmm. because you played it on a PS4 yep. on my a base 1080. PS4 on a 1080p TV. And we were playing it at PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. HDR, 4K, all the stuff, right, on a 4K. TV and it just looked so much better to you. I think that it's that moment that people need to have over and over and over to realize that like, oh, I could keep playing this on my Xbox One S, but then there's also the Series X. But if they want to just go somewhere in between, they have the option of the Xbox One X. A couple mm-hmm. days ago on Games Daily, we were talking about how many SKUs can Xbox launch with, how many should they launch with. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a perfect example of maybe they aren't going to launch with a uh, a lesser version. To, mm-hmm. to start off because they already yeah, have because those. the xbox one is the right yeah. we're all assuming it's going to be at launch but what if it wasn't what if they just like series x comes out mm-hmm. in november and the series s doesn't come out until yeah march and i do and I, I think this was actually a question that somebody wrote in and i can't remember if we talked about this on the post show or if we talked about this on kfgd proper but somebody did like write, write in and say like what if the xbox one uh is the or xbox one x is the you know the lesser version that we're talking about the the problem with that is that uh, the the naming conventions, I think that's where the Xbox branding mm-hmm. becomes overly complicated, having the Series X and the Xbox One X, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, they never want the X to be associated with uh, weakness. They want the X to be associated with power. And and you can't really go back and, like, you can change the box. Even that would be difficult to do, mm-hmm. uh, the, the you know, the cardboard box. Um, yeah. And I guess the Xbox One X doesn't have that branding on the console itself. I don't know. Uh, right? I don't have you're an Xbox me. One X. You're, oh, but. you're on me. Dude, it's such a beautiful little space. Oh, yeah. I can't, woo, love it. Um, all this is very exciting stuff, man. I, I love that we're leading into a generation that uh, like we've never seen before. And like earlier, you were talking about PlayStation launches. And I know that we, we've talked a lot about this recently. But I wonder if PlayStation is going to launch with a banger. you know, like Or a, it's exclusive? just going to be its normal third-party mm-hmm. kind of like fair, where mm-hmm. it's like the Call of Duties and Assassin's Creed. I'm very curious on what the uh, launch lineups for both of the consoles are going to look like and like mm-hmm. how they compare to each other because like we know Hellblade uh, 2 is coming out for Xbox at a certain point I don't think we know that it's a launch title or not but I, I assume that'll I kind of doubt it's going to yeah I kind of doubt that too but um I'm 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 curious to see what it's going to be because like for PlayStation right I think the the prediction is Horizon 2 and was it me that me and you that were talking about like Spider-Man two or mm-hmm. how in how the first year of the, of the PlayStation yeah. you think is going to be like banger, a banger, banger 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 year? And I'm like I don't I I think they'll have like one or two exclusives. But I don't know if it's going to be that big of a banger year, but we'll see. Um, I wonder how that's going to look against Xboxes because Xbox I could see it being way more of a banger year because they have been acquiring uh, studios over yeah. time, right? And those studios have been you know working on things, working on things. I that I think is going to be the most interesting thing to watch because we know they have Halo. They've been working on Halo for a long time, and you can't get much bigger than Halo. Like even on the the PlayStation side, there's not many of their guns that that can like 
you know, equal out to the behemoth that is Halo. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know that Halo's kind of dipped in the last couple years compared to some earlier entries, but I feel like the it's been long enough, and this is being kind of touted as uh, a big enough uh, semi-reboot, you know? Yeah. Whether or not it is, like, story-wise or whatever, just in terms of people's mm -hmm. minds, um, that I think that the, there's a lot of good juice going there. Um, I wonder what that's going to look like for PlayStation. How do you fight Halo? Or do you not? Yeah. Do they launch without Horizon? Because I don't think that Horizon is going to beat Halo, right? Do you let Halo just kind of happen? Do you let I feel like the like end of the year have yeah. that moment and then come next year, 2021, where it could be Horizon, Spider-Man, IP we don't know about yet? I, I do think Halo speaks specifically to the Xbox audience in a way that Horizon speaks to a, a wider audience. Like Halo is, ah, is wrong very there. much like people who, who who have come up with PlayStation are going to see Halo and be like, "Ooh, man, I might want to jump ship." In a way that uh, people will see like something like Horizon or something like Spider Man or what like whatever like the the you know future uh, exclusive titles for PlayStation you know in the in the upcoming years might be. I feel like those those have more. Uh, uh, appeal like a, a wider appeal than Halo, which is it, like I feel like if you you're into Halo, if you like Halo, I can't see somebody who see I, I don't hasn't been into Halo. I don't think that that's that's not how it used to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the last generation, you're right, mm -hmm. but I feel like Xbox is trying to shed that and bring Halo back to being what it used to be, which was ah oh, man, I don't have an Xbox, I need to buy an Xbox or borrow my friend's Xbox to play through at least the campaign of Halo. Interesting, you, you know, and yeah. There's another like massive thing here, Game Pass. They're oh, yeah. they're trying to m break down the barrier of entry for the the people that are like, I'm a PlayStation guy, mm -hmm. to be like, I I'd be crazy to not give this a shot if it's good, if it is mm -hmm. what it, it what it yeah. needs to be. If it's more right? than Halo Five, exactly. Right? Interesting. Which I definitely think it's gonna be. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how Sony comes back with this. But I think that Sony is in a better position to have exclusive after exclusive that are of top tier quality mm -hmm. um i think that halo can beat out many of those but right now all they have is halo we know they have hellblade coming at some point i don't think that that's yeah. very soon um i don't think that they should be nice to each other that's just you know kind of blowing your load way too early when you don't have banger after banger coming after that mm -hmm. we know they have all the studio acquisitions but mm -hmm. they have uh that rare game that people kept uh I've, tweeting us that like oh yeah this is the one we're talking about i forget what it's called though. the one that Ever looks Wild? like uh is it Ever Wild? The Wild? yeah it yeah. has that kind of art style, which I think could, you know, very well be a pretty good game. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Number two, the 23rd annual Dice Awards finalists have been announced. This comes from Interactive.org. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences is pleased to announce the nominees for its 23rd Dice Awards. Co-hosted co for the fourth time uh, or for the fourth year by Jessica Chobot and Greg Miller. I hate that guy. Academy mem members will begin general voting for the video game industry's premier peer-juried awards show on Friday, January 10th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's today. That is today. The winners will be revealed at the DICE Awards ceremony on Thursday, February 13th at Aria Resort Las Vegas as the culmination of, week of the week-long industry gathering at the 2020 DICE Summit. 65 games released in 2019 received nominations. Control and Death Stranding lead the nominees with eight nominations each, followed by Disco Elysium and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, each earning six nods. Time, uh, time for four nominations each include Outer Wilds and Untitled Goose Game, while Short Hike, Mortal Kombat 11, Resident Evil 2, and Sayonara Wild Hearts each received three. 
Finalists for 2019's top honor game of the year are Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. I feel like Untitled Goose Game just sneaks dude, in places, man. Yo, real talk, man. That goose is a sneaky little bitch. It, I, dude, it I, is. I don't understand what it is about Untitled Goose Game. I don't Video either. games are for many different people, and mm. they vibe with some people, and they don't vibe with others, and I totally understand that. I am shocked at how many award nominations Untitled Goose Game's getting. Dude, it's crazy. I, I get like It is a unique idea, but... Man, this this goes above and beyond my expectations for the goose. Um, on the flip side, shout out to Disco Elysium, dude. Disco Elysium is killing it. I'm actually pretty happy. It's like I'm, I I haven't played Disco Elysium, and that's not even like my type of game. But I like the fact that that game came out, came out of nowhere. It is really like you know catching all these different nominations. I know there are people out there that love it. Like I listen to the Gamespot podcast, and they rave about that game. And so yeah, like shout out to Disco Elysium. Shout out to Outer Wilds. Uh, that's another one that kind of came out of nowhere and is capturing a lot of hearts. I want to go through some of the uh, finalists for some of the different categories, kind of like what we what mm-hmm. we did with uh, GDC. Um, but let's let's roll through some of them. So we have uh, outstanding achievement in animation, which I I, I kind of like that as a category. Uh, the finalists for that one are Call of Duty: Mar- Modern Warfare, Days Gone, which I feel like is a surprising one. Days Gone mm-hmm. hasn't really gotten any nods for any awards. I feel like because you know that game didn't really hit as hard as I feel like people wanted it to. Um, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry Five, and Luigi's Mansion Three. Uh, which would you have any picks for animation? That's not, I mean, I, 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 this is an unpopular opinion, but I wouldn't say Luigi's Mansion Three. I was talking about how much I didn't enjoy that uh, in the game, but probably Devil May Cry Five out of these. Mm. See, I would say Death Stranding. I feel like the the uh, facial stuff, the facial stuff, like the cutscenes for sure, but then also like the balancing stuff and the way your character kind of moves. Uh, I feel like that stuff is like it's pretty unique and translates well to like what you're doing in the game and you kind of understanding what's going on yeah um and you understanding like you know oh man i'm i'm leaning right (laughs) i'm leaning right i'm leaning right yeah no for me dmc5 just because man that re engine is so gorgeous and it just Mm -hmm. allows games to to look a way that i've never seen before and whether Mm -hmm. that is in motion in lighting or in the animation so Mm. that's my nod we have outstanding achievement in art direction the nominees or the finalists are call of duty modern warfare concrete genie control death stranding and resident evil 2 which my pick would be Control, even though I played some of Concrete Genie, like the first hour of Concrete Genie, and I want to get back to it. That game looks beautiful. I was not expecting that game to look as good as it did when I first booted it up. I was, like, blown away. And so I'm, I'm glad it's the finalist here. I feel like Control's going to win. Yeah. Uh, Control's art style is just super dope. It's my favorite thing about that game. We have Outstanding Achievement in Character. Uh, for that, we have Jesse Faden from Control, Cliff Unger from Death Stranding, Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding, Grease from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and, money, baby. and the Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Yo. Okay. This, right. <laughs> this is a category. <laughs> I love that Sam Porter Bridges and Cliff Unger, played by Norman, Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen, are right next to Grease. How? Greasy money, baby. <laughs> Greasy motherfucking money, and the goose. baby. Is this the only award that Fallen Order got nominated for? Because if so, that's for, hilarious. That is bull. <laughs> like, yeah, shout what? out to Grease though, man. He's my boy. But Grease I don't know that awesome. I'd give him astounding achievement. Yeah, like character. I would have gone with like Seer <laughs> or um, the Se- Night Sister. Yeah, like, yeah. Or like, even like the villain. Um, what's her name? The thirteenth sister. The second sister. Second sister. Yeah. Who's the thirteenth sister? Uh, you made that up. That, there's Did not I make that up? Yeah, there's yeah, a ninth yeah. sister though. Yeah. Okay. The ninth sister. Yeah. Is what yeah. Uh, the second sister, I feel like, is also a, a pretty good character. Also, but. Goose. It's see, just a fucking goose. I think I No, man, you're I, not giving See, that's where you're not giving the goose enough credit. The goose Okay. Like, here's the thing, you need to grow up with Kevin Coelho to understand 
the complexity of the goose. He is the goose, guys. I don't know if you realize it. Just walking around, annoying the living fuck out of everybody. Goose, I kind of understand in this category. Because I see that goose everywhere on social media. That goose is, is turned into a meme. That goose is turned into like a lifestyle. People are all about that goose. And so I can, under- I can understand... I don't know how much of a character that goose. I guess like the goose is a is a pretty strong. Yeah, character. character. Yeah. yeah, but goose is like a poor man's baby Yoda. I said it. Mm. All right. I'm not even say don't at me. At me, you fucking cowards. Mm. <laughs> we have outstanding outstanding achievement in original music composition. Uh, the finalists are Arise, <laughs> A Simple Story, Control, Erica, interesting, Golem, yeah. and Mortal Kombat 11. I played Erica. I don't remember the music in that game. I, I did not like that. I game. played Mortal Kombat 11. I don't remember the music in that game That's except a, for the, yeah. the song. <laughs> I'm surprised like is, Sayonara Wild Hearts isn't here. Or Katana Zero. Or Katana Zero. Like yeah. Katana Zero I get because people like to overlook that game. They really <laughs> do enjoy it just being like, oh, that game, like, oh, Katana Zero it came didn't out have in 2019. Goose. Not enough goose. But like oh. Sayonara Wild Hearts I feel like people are all about, especially for that music. Uh, outstanding achievement in audio, audio design. The finalists are Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Death Stranding, Mortal Kombat 11, Resident Evil 2, and Siren Isle Wild Hearts. Okay. So there you go. Um, which I would personally probably give to uh, – we ha- we've had this conversation already, yeah. but I, I think I would give to Resident Evil 2. But I, I can see Call of Duty Modern Warfare winning that because of that E3 presentation they mm-hmm. give. And because it's Call of Duty, and they're really good at that. Um, I, I'm interested in these categories. I like how different they are from, yeah. from GDC. Yeah, and that that's why I love because video games I feel like are so hard to nail down category wise because like with movies you know it can separate them by genre and be like can best you comedy, though best. I feel like the same issues happen there right the Martians True. is not a comedy <laughs> True, but I, I've never been like a big fan of like the best action adventure game best mm-hmm. action game best RPG because at a certain point like these genres mesh together so much that it becomes mm-hmm. difficult to do that's why I like you know Giant Bomb has their very unique categories where it's like best best moment right and i don't think they did best moment this year but usually they'll go with like best moment or best um i don't know man best new character best debut you know best goose right like that type of stuff i enjoy because it makes things kind of easier to nail down Mm -hmm. um even though like those categories those categories are more a little bit goofy but uh i like them uh then we have outstanding technical achievement call of duty modern warfare uh concrete genie control death stranding and metro exodus um Let's see. I'm not gonna go through all these. I'm gonna see. Is there any other fun ones? Yeah, that's what I'm looking through. Uh, Final game of the year is Dead or Alive Six, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, and Samurai Showdown. Which Jump Force keeps getting nominated for this category. Jump Force. I don't know if I would. It's just because they like don't like they run out of fighting games yeah. to think of. They're like, oh hey, there was that cool. There was that anime, anime one, one that like seemed Real cool talk, in those though. trailers. Those trailers look dope as fuck. Dude, yeah, I was looking though. forward to Jump Force. I played it at PAX West. And I thought, like, when I played it, I played only for, like, 30 minutes. And from what I played, I was like, oh, this game seems like it's going to be really good. Like, I really enjoyed playing that game for 30 minutes. Um, and I like, I mean, the the cast of characters in that game. You could use, like, Yusuke Urameshi and, like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And um, uh, Dra- I was going to say Dragon Ball. Like, Dragon Ball is a character. But, like, Goku and all that stuff. Uh, I thought that game was going to be great. Turns out it was not that great when it came out, um, which saddens me. Uh, Can we look at Racing Game of the Year? Because I fucking love this. Sure. Racing Game of the Year, we have Crash Team Racing Nitro Field, Dirt Rally 2.0, F1 2019, Mario Kart Tour, and Trials Rising. Motherfucking Trials Rising, let's go. Trials Rising is interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that one for Racing Game. Not enough people played it. Technically, it is a racing racing game, game. but it's like a puzzle, like physics-based racing game, and it's fun as fuck, and more people need to play it. Whoever played Mario Kart Tour on this list. 
didn't play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, they, somebody's missing some out lying on lying ass um, motherfuckers. Also, I just want to say, Team Sonic Racing. I, oh, it's not here, <laughs> blessing. It's not here. I just want to say, I love that I live in a world that Crash Team Racing Nitro fueled. Like, the Crash Team Racing is back and is not only nominated for awards, has been winning awards. It won Best Racing Game for the Game Awards. And, like, some people can say, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. It won an award in 2019, man. <laughs> the Vandicoot lives. Crazy, crazy. Uh, I'm scrolling through, seeing if I can pick out any more interesting ones. Outstanding achievement for an independent game. We have A Short Hike, Disco Elysium, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Untitled Goose Game, and What the Golf. Um, which I've heard really good things about a short hike. Uh, the homie Alex Van Aken really liked that game. Um, this one I feel like Disco Elysium might just take it away because Disco Elysium is uh, so beloved. But that, those are all good nominees. Uh, people need to acknowledge Katana Zero more. Barrett, <laughs> right? Why are you looking at me like I'm not acknowledging it more? I don't know. I, I meant to look at you like we're the, <laughs> like, we're the ones. You, you told me you're like not enough people acknowledge it, Barrett. Yeah, I, no, I, but like yeah. you guys are teaming up. But yeah, it's me, I'm, Same me and you versus it's, the world. Yeah, you and me versus the world. He's so used Katana, to getting shit from people here. Yeah. I, I know. Like, I'm fucking, like, all over the place. Like, why? Why are you looking at me? Look over there. Uh, outstanding achievement in game design. Baba is You, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Slay the Spire. I can see any of those games getting it. All those games did really uh, unique, uh, yeah. really cool things that were successful. Uh, let's see. And then let's just talk about Game of the Year. Uh, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, Untitled Goose Game. It will be any of these, but not Goose Game. Yep. Like, Don't speak too soon, man. Who the Game of the Year, We man. said the yeah, same for Sekiro. You're right. We, we said you're the same right. for Sekiro. Yeah, right, man. Jeez. I really hope <laughs> Untitled Goose Game wins Game of the Year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fra Frank Furter writes in and says, Good morning, Blessing and Tim. The GDC award list has been revealed, and to no one's shock, Death Stranding leaves the list for the most nominations with seven. With this award ceremony being de uh, decided based on the developer's vote rather than the consumers and media outlets, do you think Death Stranding has a better shot at winning most of these awards, unlike the Game Awards? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. I don't know, because you, you have to start getting into the psychology of that, of mm -hmm. why you would assume that. Because that would imply that they have played Death Stranding. Death Stranding is a very long game. Game mm -hmm. developers don't have many hours in the day, mm. right? However... They also see things we don't see, understand yeah. things differently. Dude, I saw uh, somebody who somebody who works for Naughty Dog. I think like somebody who works in development for uh, uh, for Naughty Dog, right? Tweet a tweet about Death Stranding and talking about how Death Stranding is their game of the decade, because they're kind of saying that like the way that game kind of uh, refines like its systems and its mechanics and and the way everything kind of su supports each other and comes together is like way more impressive than anything they've ever seen. And I was I read that and I was shocked. I love Death Stranding, but I never really thought about it as like this like technical mechanical masterpiece, hmm. right? I was just like, oh yeah, I like I like the balancing <laughs> and I like the walking, <laughs> but I never really like looked at it. You that, like managing your load that way, yeah, managing managing the load. Yep, you like that? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, I feel like if since this is a an award show that's voted on and looked at by developers. They see the Matrix more than we do. Yeah. So maybe the Matrix there is very impressive for Death Stranding. Or the goose. Or the goose. <laughs> they might see things we don't. Number three, Ubisoft Australia donates to Australian bushfire uh, crisis. This comes from Steve Watts over at GameSpot. 
Australia has been suffering from deadly wildfires over the last few months, leading to the death of people and wildlife in the, in the destruction of bush, forest, and parks. Ubisoft Australia stepped in with a, a contribution to help ease the crisis, with a note that explains its reasoning. A post on Twitter says that the company has donated $30,000 to the Australian Red Cross Disaster and Re Recovery Relief Fund. The note also says that the company has heard heard calls for in-game items to encourage donations, but it felt that it felt the de development time for this effort would take too long for such an immediate problem. It suggests that those who feel so inclined uh, inclined should contribute directly to a relief organization, and in threaded replies, links to reputable ones to consider. Ubisoft Australia is located just outside Sydney, the capital of, the capital of New South Wales, where the wild, wildfires have been among the most devastating. Evacuations have taken place across NSW, Victoria, and South Australia. Roughly 1,400 homes have been lost, and the human death toll stood at 25 as of January 6th, according to NPR. Experts have estimated that roughly half a billion animals have died in the, wild, in the fires as well, which that is saddening. Um, similarly, Ubisoft donated 500,000 uh, euros, which is about $565,000, to assist in Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame reconstruction efforts after a fire destroyed parts of the famous cathedral. It also gave away Assassin's Creed Unity for free on PC for a limited time following the disaster, which includes a very realistic virtual recreation of Notre, Notre Dame. Um, and I added a note at the bottom of this that Bungie is also raising funds to help fight against the fire, along with uh, the, uh, an indie publisher, uh, Critivo, who I think makes a game called The Universe Sim. And so shout out to Ubisoft, shout out to companies. Yeah, man, a, a, ton of, a ton of different companies have been doing that. On, mm -hmm. on top of that, a lot of streamers and a lot of uh, different groups. I know Funhouse was just doing a, a big stream. Like they, they crossed 13K or something. I think they're still uh, raising, but that's super impressive. I yeah. know uh, Laserbeam, a uh, streamer out in Australia, and a lot of his boys uh, are raising a shit ton of money. I think that they crossed like a million or something. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but I... I you know, uh, this is so sad and in such a horrible situation. Like, dude, mm -hmm. half a billion, man. 500 dude, million animals dead. That's, that's like, That crazy. number is insane. That's messed up. Um, but I, I love that we live in a world that allows for this type of charity to exist. Like, Ubisoft coming through and doing all that. That's great. Mm -hmm. But I love that because of streaming and because of platforms and just the way that media has changed, we don't need to wait for... Uh, the news to tell us that there's a problem and that people need to, to act and like and help out if they can. Mm -hmm. People can just do things like extra life that yeah. are a bit more consistent. But when something comes up like this, it's like, hey, we're gonna do a charity stream. We're gonna raise money for this, and and I, I think it's a, a great thing. Yeah, shout out uh, to Ubisoft. Shout out to Bungie. Shout out to Critivo. Um, any other any other gaming company I missed? I like I. Legit, when I was doing my scroll through uh, to find stories, Ubisoft was the first to come up. And then as I was scrolling more, I found the Bungie one and then the Critivo one. And so, I mean, it's even little simple things. Like, can you pull up IGN.com real quick? Yeah. But yeah, our hearts for sure go out to Australia. Uh, and I encourage people to check out places where they can go help out. Also, I mean, right yeah, there. IGN.com, IGN. up at the top, they have this donate to fire relief. So just it's awesome. cool stuff, man. Awesome. Number four, Metacritic users rank top games of the 2010s decade i'm pulling this from steve watts over at GameSpot. i believe that's the second from steve watts this episode shout out to steve now that we've entered a new decade we can safely look back at the at the last one the ups the downs the pitting media franchises against each other in a 10-year battle royale for our love and plaudits which i never heard the word plaudits before but 
hey, you, you learn something you new do every you, day. Man. Uh, GameSpot, GameSpot sister site Metacritic. Wait, really? Are GameSpot and Metacritic like links? Because it's CBS. CBS Interactive owns both of them. I didn't realize CBS owned Metacritic. That's interesting. Um, recently conducted its user poll on the top games of 2019. Do you know that IGN's company, uh, Zip Davis, mm-hmm. owns speedtest.net? Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, In a very, 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 very roundabout way, I helped with that deal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But anyways, continue. Uh, Metacritic recently conducted its user poll on the top games of 2019, but also tabulated votes on the top games of the decade. The results are who's are who's who of masterpieces. The Last of Us took the top spot, and developer Naughty Dog accepted the honor with uh, good grace in a tweet. It more than doubt, it more than doubled the mentions of the second place finisher, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt, Wild Hunt finished third. Um, and then I have a link here, which we can go through a little bit. I'm not going to spend mm-hmm. too much time because we're deep in the show. But uh, we have like a top ten here of the decade. Right? It goes The Last of Us, uh, Breath of the Wild, Witcher Three, and this is fan. Yeah, this is user voted. Right? This isn't just like Metacritic score. Um, so yeah, Last of Us, Breath of the Wild, number two. Witcher 3, number 3. And at number 4, we have Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 5, Mass Effect 2. Number 6, Bloodborne. Number 7, The Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim. Number 8, God of War. Number 9, Grand Theft Auto 5. And number 10 is Dark Souls. And that's of the decade. What a, what a fucking list, man. Dude, that's a, Dude, that's a strong like, list. That's a strong list. And I also think that it's varied enough where it, it does kind of speak to different types of gamers. Like That, mm-hmm. it, that to me, is a, a very solid, good list. Of course, there are a bazillion games of the last decade that uh, deserve to be some mentioned and mm-hmm. debatably are on that list. But I don't think anybody can deny that, that those 10. Oh, yeah. Like, those 10 are all, like, good, iconic games. Yeah. Right? Like, 10 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, those were the games that defined this decade. Very cool. Um, and then they also have, like, the list of the user-voted list for 2019, which I'll go through real quick. Is Number one, Resident Evil 2. Number two, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Number three, Death Stranding. Number four, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Number five, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number six, The Outer Worlds. Number seven, Control. Number eight. Devil May Cry 5, number 9, Luigi's Mansion 3, and number 10, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Sorry, that was uh, for 2019. 2019. What yes. was number 1? Resident Evil 2. Cool. Yeah. Resident Evil 2. A game that should, I feel like, should have gotten way more awards. Me too, man. Me it too. came out too early. You know? watch, watch our uh, Game of the Year games cast. We go into all of our thoughts for three hours. Three, three hours. Whole hours. Three great hours, man. Number five. There are new Resident Evil 3 details from official PlayStation Magazine. Yeah. I'm pulling this from Reddit user Mates20970. Uh, Hold on. From official PlayStation Magazine? I didn't know that was a thing. OPM still exists? Yeah. What? Yep. And so I'm they they put out um, their or I don't know if they put out their issue of this leaks. I didn't have time to like figure figure all that out. But essentially, they have like in their magazine they go into some details about uh, yep the I guess oh, yeah nice. official PlayStation magazine right there. Uh, they go into detail about some of the details of Resident Evil Three, some of the new details of Resident Evil Three. Um, and Reddit user mates two zero nine seven zero bullet pointed them and so i'm just going to go through his reddit post uh, yeah. and read out the bullet points and so uh he says you shouldn't expect an exploration of raccoon city like in an open world game but there will be plenty of exploration in many areas of the city uh first bullet point nemesis will will use an improved version of the ai developed for the tyrant of resident evil 2 remake uh, sound will be very important in a city like raccoon city you will have to rely on you will have to rely on it to anticipate dangers lying in wait uh, around the corner confirmation that we will visit the streets the shops the stasia 
Stagla, 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 Stagla petrol station, the uh, raccoon press offices uh, in the hospital. Nemesis was created in real life to be able to be scanned via photogrammetry. What the fuck does that mean? I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I I know that it means that they probably just made like a a model to be scanned, but I also love the idea that like it was Nemesis (laughs) was created in real life. They took got a bunch of scientists together to (laughs) create a fucking (laughs) monster. Yeah, I see what he means now. Mercenaries mode will not return. Have you have you played Resident Evil Three? Yeah, RE Three. Yeah. Okay. So you know you know what all this means. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah yeah yeah. Gotcha. Um, you never beat it? I didn't beat RE3. I, RE3 was one that I rented a whole bunch. Gotcha. Um, the Mutant Worms will be back. I don't know what that means. I haven't played it, so I'm just like looking at these words. Like I hope this makes sense. Uh, Carlos will be playable. There will not be the action choice me- mechanism as in the original, which could give different sequences of the game afterwards or an advantage over, over a danger. <laughs> Um, and then last bullet point, there will also be no more endings. Wait, there will also be no more endings. The, they, the game just won't end. There, there <laughs> won't be multiple endings. Okay. Uh, it will therefore be uh, interesting to know uh, who will fly the helicopter. Oh, I'm not going to get into the ending. Yeah. Um, There's like some RE2 and 3, and I mean even 1 to an extent if I remember correctly, um, had different scenarios that depending on whose plot you did first. So I guess RE1 had this as well. Uh, whose plot you did first like would change elements of the story even re2 did you beat both sides of re2 no i only beat uh, leon so uh depending on who you do first in the original one would change some actions and some some narrative uh points mm-hmm. so that people would always debate like what's canon oh, okay. and so it's like people be like oh claire b leon a or whatever it is like that that is what most people accept as canon i'm pulling that out of my ass but like mm-hmm. i forgot exactly what the, the line was and there was a similar thing in three gotcha Interesting. Do, the, do all those details sound good to you, Tim? This sounds great. Awesome. I mean, like I, the mercenaries mode not returning. Like I don't really care about multiplayer. Ooh, all those games. mercenaries. It's oh, the multiplayer stuff. Okay. Like I mean, I, and they have like a different multiplayer mode, right? For Resident Evil Three. Yeah. The whole. Wait, was mercenaries mode the multiplayer? Or was that the thing where it's like the arcade score thing? Either way, mm-hmm. I have said this a million times. I want to get to a point, especially moving into the next gen where there's the the Game Pass type situations going on. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make an awesome single player campaign, make an awesome single player campaign. If you're going to make an awesome multiplayer game, make an awesome multiplayer yeah. game. They don't need to both be in the and same And I feel game. like we got to that point with this generation, right? Like in, P- in PS3. We're getting close. Like PS3, I feel like we got a lot of single player games with like multiplayer modes that just weren't all that. But we also like got a few that really did work out, like Last of Us multiplayer. But Last of Us, to me, is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. What seems like the direction they're going is how I want people to be mm-hmm. doing this. Make Last of Us 2, make it a standalone thing, and then make Last of Us multiplayer a standalone thing. Make mm-hmm. people care more about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if you were to make the multiplayer part of a game, if you really give a shit about it and like want to push it and make it good and you make it its own thing, more people are going to care, which means that that game is going to thrive mm-hmm. longer than if it's just another mode in, in a game. Gotcha. Tim, mm-hmm. my fucking Gettys. Yeah. Resident Evil 3, so far away. No, it's not. It's so That's far away. That's a lie. Away. It's so it's, close. It, I mean, is it, though? It's what, we have three months? The, the months are long. This Is this a leap year? No? Maybe. Is it? I don't know what, what year. Oh, you want me to look it up? Right, look it's it up. long. It's so I'll far look away. It look it up, Barrett. It's a, wait, this year's a leap year? Did I get that right? It is. I just guess. It is a leap year. It is a leap year. There's three leap. Yeah. It's a leap year. <laughs> three leap years in this decade. Okay. Long ass decade. Wow. In this decade, there's a there's three leap years. In 2020. 
Dude, everybody's been ranking games of the decade. I want to rank leap years of the decade. Dude, let's do it, man. Let's go, dude. Yo, we can make it happen. Hell yeah. Um, but if I wanted to know where I could go to figure out what's coming to the Mom and Grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Oh, man, you had some soul to that yeah, shit. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I'm awake this morning. Woo! It took a minute. It took a minute for me to get there, uh-huh. but I'm wide awake now. You there, man. I'm wide there. awake. Out today, we have Craftica. 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 Sorry, the text is small, so I had to like really look at what my um, oh god written here. Good uh, luck for, on this one for PC and Mac. Um, we have Aboriginous. 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 It sounds like Aboriginal. Uh, on Switch, we have Technosphere on Switch. Drunk Foo Wasted Masters on Bear, Switch. Get on yeah, it. Yeah, Bear. We need to know. We have Orbit Blazers on PC, Coffee Break on PC, The the Blind Prophet on PC, Dusk Warlocks on PC, Angry Food on PC, and Ex- Excel, Excel X, X on, on PC. PC. That's Excel X sounds like a game that Greg Miller would be making fun of PC players for. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so we are about to look at Drunk Foo Wasted Masters yeah, on the Switch. Put this up. Not looking promising. Really? I, so far, I'm into this. This looks like. Okay, a... never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like. Um... Oh man, this looks like shitty Power Stone. What's Power Stone? Is that is that something I should know? You know, here's the thing. I, I'm not gonna shame you for not knowing it because honestly, I shame Sega for not. Uh, I'm sorry, Capcom for not doing better mm-hmm. with uh, Power Stone. Uh, I was associated Power Stone with Sega because of the Dreamcast and because oh, it was it a dream, Dreamcast game? Uh, yeah. Okay. And it was it was mainly an arcade game. Ew. Think Smash Brothers, but 3D. Oh. Fantastic cast of characters. Insane. Power Stone is a, a classic, but man, they need they did not show that franchise enough love. Interesting. A lot of people in the chat are saying Blushing should be fired for asking that question. Wow, is no. Power Stone really that? I, I like, so. It's culty. It's a, it's a oh, way, you know what? It's like, okay. Again, it's you and me versus the world because I had no idea what the fuck Power Stone. Yeah, was I either. thought that was like a Nickelodeon show from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like one of the game shows awesome, where man. you get slimed after you lose. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, man. Uh, deals of the day. Uh, Gilly Brums writes in and says, "Happy Friday, blessing Tim. Another hot deal coming in this week on Target." A digital code of Cuphead for Switch is only $9 as of writing, a little over 50% off the original retail price. Deals on the Switch version have been pretty few and far between since it released last April, so if any best friends are looking to eventually grab Cuphead on Switch, this is one of the best deals I've seen. This discount is seemingly part of a big New Year's sale that Nintendo started this uh, this week. A boatload of discounts recently hit the the eShop and discounts on digital codes are all, are also live at most of the major retailers. Check those eShop uh, wish lists to see if anything you're interested in is marked down. You Do know what I started last from. night again? Tim Gettys on on the Switch cuz I was like taking a break. I wanted to take a when I beat a Zelda game, I want to take mm-hmm. like at least like a week or two break in between when I start the next one. Wait, what did you say you started? Uh I was getting to it. Before. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it. So I'm, I'm, we're watching stand-up last night, and I'm in my bed, and I want to play something. And I started up a little bit of that Cuphead. Hell yeah, yeah you did. We did our the Game of the Year conversation. We gave a lot of honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I was trying so hard, so hard, to find a way to be able to finagle an excuse to talk about oh, Cuphead God. on Switch. <laughs> and it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But my thing is... I had such a great time playing Cuphead this year on Switch. The game ran so well on Switch. It belongs. It, it just feels at home there, mm. man. Have you played Cuphead? 
I played Cuphead, not on Switch. I never beat Cuphead. Yeah, it's so. Ooh, I got yeah. to the one. I got through the dragon, like the dragon with like yeah. the three heads, mm-hmm. and oh, okay, I lost yeah, that, so much to that, the point that, where I was that, like, that was I can't do this one. anymore. Dude, here's the thing, Barrett. It's so fun. We got DLC coming, man. And Dude, at this we do. Point, oh my at god. At this point, it must be soon. I mean, we've been saying that for what two years? Well, yes, but here's my thing. It's this year. It has to be this year. Okay. All right, and I'm feeling good about I'm, it. I'm man. feeling good about it too. Yeah, I got, I got through halfway through the uh, second island last night, so oh, I, I was feeling good. I was feeling good. God, Isn't that it. nice though? Like when you come back to Cuphead and you start and, like the first bosses, it's like oh, you're I'm like, like steamrolling these stupid ass frogs. No, no, like uh, like the big blue guy was like kind of kicking my ass because I always oh. forget like how like far he jumps. He's and, very like, he elastic. Hit. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect <laughs> word, Tim. <laughs> Now it is time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this this kind of <laughs> this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mm-hmm. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you. Tim, you got this for your mom. I did, man. It made things so much easier. My mom, very difficult woman to deal with when Mm. it comes to the technology. She doesn't understand a lot of the stuff. Um, But this was super easy. Being able to, like, like, let me put it this way. For years, I've struggled trying to get her phone situation set up that it were simple and easy that she understood how to pay it and like get everything done in the right times, and it, she would mess it up constantly, and it would always end up coming out of my wallet. Oh, this yeah. Mint Mobile stuff made it super easy, $15 a month. She's getting uh, her unlimited calls to me, which you know has its pros and cons, <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, made it super easy for me, and I, I'm very thankful for them. Mm. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. That's nice, having the same contacts, because we're in 2020. Could you imagine losing all your contacts in 2020? Yeah. It's not 2020 vision right there. No, it's not, man. That's 2019 vision. Yeah, man. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash games. That's mintmobile.com slash games. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash games. Torbanok. Writes in and says, good morning, blessing to Tim. name. Right? Such a strong name. Sounds like a Ragnarok, but like a different version. Torbanok mm. is the second coming of Ragnarok. Capcom has revealed that the new Resident Evil 3 won't have multiple endings like the original, but that Carlos will have an expanded role and Nemesis has been made even more terrifying. Able, able to wander the whole Raccoon City freely as well as use weapons. How, re- how ready is everyone at KF for this new remix? And do you think it will be as good as RE2 was? Keep crushing it in 2020, and I hope to see everyone at the studio launch. From Will slash Torbnock. 
I am extremely ready. I don't think I could be more ready. I cannot believe it's coming this soon. Well, I think. Do I think it'll be as good as RE2 remake? I hope. I don't think it will though. I think that really? RE2 uh, was tighter of an experience, and there's a reason I beat RE2 and I didn't beat RE3. And if I did, mm. I don't remember beating RE3. Mm-hmm. So that's not good, right? Um, I feel that RE3 kind of retread a lot of the same areas in space that RE2 did, and like it tried some different things. They brought Jill back, which was cool. I was never a huge fan of Carlos, um, but. I think that this remake has an opportunity to fix all of those problems, and I think that retreading the areas that we did in RE2 won't feel as uh, whatever as it did on the original PlayStation because mm-hmm. it's so close to RE2 that it'll feel kind of just more like a continuation from last year. And that's my thing, man. I feel like Capcom, if this game is as good as we expect it to be, and we have no reason to think it won't be, they deserve some type of like shout-out. Award. Oh, like, dude. Get high Capcom moment. Deserves for like the like if there's a award the for comeback best, of yeah, the, like best glow up. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> From the beginning of this gen to now, it's it's insane. ridiculous. <laughs> Even just looking at RE2, man, like last year they released RE2. It mm-hmm. was actually amazing. In game of the year conversations, my game of the year. Mm-hmm. And then within a year, they announced the sequels coming out. Yeah. What 14, 15 months after RE2? It's ridiculous. This has to be some type of record for a AAA yeah. game of this caliber to be getting a sequel in for these gener- this generation. Mm-hmm. This feels like how back in the day, like to think back to PlayStation One when we got Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, and Nine, when we got Resident Evil One, Two, and Three. It's like oh, yeah. you know we just don't get that anymore. It's more of like a one, maybe two, a generation. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for RE3. As somebody who I was never a big Resident Evil person, and Resident Evil 2 was my first, like, really, like, my dive into Resident Evil. I absolutely loved it, and it's one of those things where I played it, and I was like, okay, I get it now. I get why there's Resident Evil love out there, because this game is incredible. Um, I tried playing Resident Evil 4, but I tried it way too late, and I don't really think that game ages aged as well. Like, it has, like, the... I think it has tank controls, right? RE4? No, RE4 doesn't. No, I'm shocked that you that RE4 didn't vibe with you, but I also I, I do get it mm-hmm. to a point just because I feel like RE4 aged very gracefully last gen, but coming back from it this many gens away, yeah. it might be there's too many uh, new mechanics that have like phased out. Because like, yeah. even going back to Halo, like recently I was like I popped it in Halo One just to like mm-hmm. mess around and like not having aim down sights is so weird. But like, yeah, you but, you wouldn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Last I think, gen, I think for me, it's specifically like is a controls thing because I remember because I've ju- I've tried going back to RE4 like multiple times, right? And the first time was probably like 2009 ish, 2010 ish. Actually, it's probably more like 2010 ish, 2011 ish because I tried going going back to it on Wii, and uh, I actually got like probably like a few hours into it on Wii, and I didn't hate it. I was like, okay, this like. I didn't. I don't love like aiming the Wiimote, mm-hmm. you know, and, and using that as like my for my shooting mechanics. Because at a certain point, I'm like my arm gets tired and yeah. from holding it up uh, so long. But um, you know, there I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. But then I tried going back to it again on uh, PS4. I couldn't do it. And I think I tried it on. Uh, it, it came to Switch, right? It did come I think to I might have tried on Switch ago, too. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't do it. But um, RE4 is a straight up masterpiece. But mm-hmm. I think that now that RE2 remake is out. RE2 Remake, I said this when it first came out, mm. is now my favorite RE. I think it is the best RE. And um, I never would have believed we'd see an RE4 Remake. Mm-hmm. I do now. 
I would have never thought we'd get a three Dude, remake. I'd be into that. I'd love a RE4 remake because I feel like that'd be the thing that would bring me in. Because I think for me, I think that the big thing for me is having played Last of Us. And I feel like those games are uh, sort of similar in style um, in terms of like the behind the back. And RE4, RE4 if, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like RE4 was the first game to really do like that perspective of up close, behind the uh, back. That close? Yeah, I mean, definitely to that quality level yeah. for sure yeah and i feel like having other games come out you know do sort of a similar thing but better and more modernized because last was came out in 2013 uh i think that made it kind of harder for me to kind of go back to re4 but if they made a remake i'd be 100 percent in mm-hmm. um same i mean i'm in for re3 right having never played the original re3 um so i'm super excited about this uh i'm excited about the whole nemesis thing like the thing about re2 that uh, I loved, but that like I also hated at the same time, but not hated in a bad way. Hated it in a, in a good way was Mr. X uh, kind of just appearing and just being in that same space as you for a while. Like mm-hmm. that to me was terrifying in a game that was already terrifying. Yeah, three like, three has yeah even more man. Yeah, three, when, three gets like real fucking crazy. Yeah, and the, the idea that he's gonna be there in like a bit, I assume a bigger map from what I'm from oh, what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the city this time that's terrifying <laughs> yeah no it's it's pretty crazy uh, you know one of the biggest disservices i think that happened uh in the last six months to me in video games is the fact that re3 leaked i feel like capcom shouldn't have talked about project resistance at all um going mm-hmm. leading leading into what was it tgs i think mm-hmm. uh, they shouldn't have done that and uh the they should have controlled the leaks a bit better because if we didn't know this game was coming and playstation did that state of play and it just ended with freaking RE3 remake, and it's coming in April. People would have lost their goddamn minds and would have been saying the state of play is god tier. But instead, it leaked, and everyone's like, eh, whatever. State of play mm. sucks. Yeah. Boo. Tyler from NYC writes and asks, or it says, I've been thinking about something that Blessing mentioned on Gamescast. Will we ever get an Outer Worlds game with the movement and fluidity like Apex Legends? Why do a lot of RPGs feel like you're a brick? I'd really enjoy one that had buttery smooth controls like Apex. Thanks and keep up the good work. Um, and so what Tyler's referencing here is on Gamescast, I kind of talked about uh, Apex Legends being my game of the year for last year. And like the one, like one of the reasons is I feel like mechanically like all the things they add in Apex Legends, as far as like the movement, the sliding, the how good, like the even just the um, mantling feels like whenever you whenever you move in that game, it feels so nice and fluid in a way that kind of ruined other games for me <laughs> this this last year. Right. Being uh, Wolfstein Youngblood, I hated that you that movement didn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. Borderlands 3, the same thing. And I referenced Outer, uh, Outer Worlds. Right. Because in that game you can't like you can't mantle you can't slide you can't do any feels of those very clunky yeah it feels yeah. very clunky but also it's an rpg and so you kind of excuse it for that because the game's not necessarily about that mechanical movement um but even still like as a first person game with shooting mechanics i still in my brain have to judge it on not on that level but on on with that in mind right yeah. in the, with, with that in mind that it does not feel as good to move as other first person games that i've played um and so why do a lot of rpgs feel like you're a brick I imagine the complexity, you know, of yeah. the, of, of the world. You there's know? so many different systems in the back end. And stuff yeah, there's like that. so much going on that it's just hard to really like take into account um, uh, all these different moving parts as far as like you know questing and how like how does this quest over on this in this location over here connect to the way somebody does something on the other side of the world? Like I saw a great tweet from a developer of the Outer Worlds, and they were talking about a glitch that they were having where your companion would die and this dude this thread is awesome because he kind of goes into like their process of figuring out like okay this is the glitch we had it happened we had we had it happen once 
in development where your your uh, your companion would die, and your 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 companion's not supposed to die on any playthrough that is not the like the hardest mode of the game. I forget what it's called, but there's like there's a mode in the game that's supposed to be like the realistic hard mode. That's the mode where your where your companion in Outer Worlds is supposed to die. People's companions were dying in like normal and other difficulties, right? Mm. And so what it came down to was um, them getting more reports of people having that happen uh, after they released the game and them trying to figure out, like, what is going on. What it was was in the ship, somebody, uh, if you start a conversation, uh, or, okay, so if if an NPC, if one of your companions starts, like, doing an action, they have, like, a switch that, like, allows them to, like, start that ac- action and then stop that action. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same that that action was or that was connected to your companion's climbing right and so like if your companion goes to climb a ladder that's a switch boom right and your for your companion to get off the ladder that's also a switch okay. when you start a conversation uh in the world i believe it's supposed to turn off switches like those switches for your companions right so your companions aren't supposed to go crazy while you're in conversations what would happen is on the ship you would, uh, if you started a conversation with your companion while you had a companion that was climbing a ladder, the companion will keep climbing and climbing and climb past the ladder and then climb into space because the second <laughs> switch was was uh, disabled. Right. And so once you stop talking to whoever you're talking to in the ship, your companion would then just plummet to earth and die, <laughs> right? And like damage, like damage from like guns and all that stuff is supposed to be turned off uh, while you're in conversation, but they didn't really account for. I don't think they accounted for fall damage. Um, and so that would that's how your uh, your companion would end up dying, and that took them I think like months to figure out because they just couldn't nail down why. You just gotta look up. Sometimes you just gotta live. Oh, they're yeah. up there. Yeah, huh. like dude, if you go find the thread, I don't know how I could like put that thread out there for people, but go see if you can find the thread because the thread is amazing to read through because you realize like oh, video game development is hard, um, and so that's I mean it's stuff like that, right? That type of mechanic, like uh, systems. Uh, systemic, I guess I'll say, like systematic uh, complexity and stuff mixed like with like the mechanical mechanical uh, complexity. Right, it's hard to really nail down. Yeah, um, and to add like really fluid first person shooter yeah. gameplay on top of that would be a challenge within itself. Yeah, like as well. Apex Legends is as mechanically complex as it is because that it's not doing as much uh, systemically as an RPG like Fallout or mm-hmm. Outer Worlds, yeah. right, or any other like first person like huge world like exploration conversation trees RPG. But that is why, you know, Outer Worlds doesn't feel as great to move around in as these other games is because they're doing two different things. And so, like, you know, I acknowledge that, like, my complaint about Outer Worlds not necessarily feeling as good to move around is around in, you know, they have an they have an excuse. Right. And like, you know, I don't fault them for that. But it's also one of those things where I feel like mantling, you know, just the, the simple act of mantling and be able to, like, climb over walls if you jump onto a wall that goes such a long way into making that game just feel better. That that one thing would kind of you know uplift that game uh, a lot for me, right? Like it like Borderlands Two didn't have mantling. Borderlands Three they added it in, and that alone for me like I feel like uh, went a long way into making that game feel better for me to play. Yeah. Yeah. We playing Borderlands Three tonight? What's up? I think I'm playing Peace Walker tonight. Ah, lame. I mean, I could play Borderlands Three tonight. Well, we can Tonight's play. Friday. We got a weekend. I don't, to go to, I don't have to go to bed early tonight. <laughs> we got a weekend, dude. Like, yeah, fucking, yeah, we have a whole weekend. I'll text you, dude. Man. Let's play some Borderlands Three. Now it's time to squat up. Uh, we don't have a squat up, <laughs> and so it's not time to squat up. Uh, let's get into kindoffunny.com slash your wrong. I got them all kind of prepped here for us. Uh, DJ Brad Chill wrote in and said, only, uh, the One X only has the Xbox branding etched at the top of the console. No One X. By the way, I was the one who wrote in about One X being the lesser Xbox. 
So there you go. Yeah. Uh, kebabs are just in with horrifying news. A uh, full billion animals have died. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. Um, Lord of Pwn says, yes, it is a leap year. Nice. Um, and Tundra Boy says, Mercenaries in the original RE3 was not multiplayer. The first game in the series to have multiplayer uh, Mercenaries was 5. Mercenaries was very similar to the fourth Survivor with Tofu modes in RE2, where you had to reach a destination with limited resources and would be ranked based on time and kills. So it is the arcade thing that I was talking about that gotcha. I just, I never vibed with. I didn't, I, I get that it was in there for kind of replay value. Um, but even with the new, with the remake, uh, I popped in, I tried it for a little bit and with the, the hunk and all that stuff, I didn't like it. Didn't enjoy it at all. Um, and then Corey Cutney coming in clutch here. Here's the Obsidian thread you were talking about, Bless. Perfect. Um, Sweet. I might tweet that. Yeah. Yeah. Bless. Tweet it out. Go check out twitter.com slash Blessing Junior. Blessing Junior. Blessing, right? Yeah. Blessing, blessing JR. So yes. Blessing Junior. Yes. But the there Junior is JR. Next week's, next week's hosts are on Monday, it's me and Tim. Woo! On Tuesday, it's me and Emron. Hell yeah. On Wednesday, it's me and Gary. Yeah, it is. On Thursday, it's me and Fran. And on Friday, it's Greg and me. I promise I'm not going to be hosting this show every single day. <laughs> but I think for the first few weeks, you know. Hey, I mean, we hired you as a host. I mean, yeah. We don't know what else you're going to be doing we, for we, now. We, so. we, wanted, we wanted to run you through, like, all the different hosts. And all yeah, the we got to yeah, yeah. get those chemistries exactly. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're trying to raise your stats I mean, you, right you now. You and Gary is already a classic oh, yeah. uh, couple. So oh, it's yeah. just going to be exciting to see you guys do that again. Barry. Yeah. Barry. Barry. I like that. Gary's name. Oh, I okay. love it. Yeah, okay. I love it. Dude, um, Gary, I feel, is the... The most valuable member of the team because oh, him yeah. and anyone is, is the is OTP. Fire. You know what I mean? It's of just course. it's just great. But yeah, if you if, if you're out, if you're out there and you're like, I can't stand blessing his voice, or like I, I I'm tired of this dude. You know, he was all right for the first week, but the second week I'm I'm getting sick of him. Don't worry, I'm not gonna be here every single day. Maybe we'll see. It depends. It's, <laughs> Again, it's really why are you looking call. at me? Really like I'm the one saying these things. I don't know why I'm looking at you. I'm just saying, <laughs> Barrett. It's us. It's us versus the world. Uh, stay tuned for the post show if you're on Patreon and looking forward to that. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Hell yeah, it has.